following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters podcast. We're very excited about uh, sharing with you some of the most profound but yet simple truths that are available from the Word of God. You know, love life is easy to teach because love is not really complicated. We either experience it or we don't. And those that we experience a love life with, we typically have the benefits that come with that. You know, if God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, uh, you know, he really, he messed up. He really messed up by a very broad margin. How does that work for God so loved the world? How does that work with this question? What was the goal? We live in that the millennial generation was about love. Love, 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 if you remember. Just everything was love. You know, the, the Universalist Church took off and has multiplied, they said, more than any other time in history through the millennial generation. Love, 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 love. They had love demonstrations and love this, love that, love wins, love, you know, love, 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 love. Everything was about love. So the question we really have to ask is, is that love? And if you go, well, obviously it's not because how in the world can a millennial person love when they don't have Jesus? At least they don't know the same Jesus we have. But there's a deeper cultural issue that I think needs to be addressed after the Identity Matters Conference, and that is the issue of love life within a generation. Love life within a generation is what provokes lust. See, if the real definition of non-God love is lust, it would explain the immorality out of control. It would explain brotherly love, Philadelphia, between two, two guys that turned into lust, right? And now it's consuming the earth as a movement. True love stepped outside the boundary lines turns into lust. That's da. And that's what's happening to us. We need to remember some very basic things about love. And of course, the one at the top that hopefully you learned today is and was the definition of love. What is it? It's God. So when you're loving someone, are you giving God? And so you can even dice it down a little further because of the Greek text there. Are you really giving Christ away? Because your love life doesn't matter to God. 
He doesn't care if you have this intimate, dynamic, love-exchanging love life with your husband or wife. That should be a benefit, a result of this. You see? It's not a goal to heal your marriage. It is a goal for him to demonstrate his love so it can be given away to someone else so they discover Jesus. And if you have a great marriage, whatever that measurement means, that can be used to accomplish giving Jesus away to another couple. So can unsaved people truly love? I say no. There is one Greek word in the New Testament that talks about a self-love. And the Greek actually translates it out as self-God. So there's some kind of connection in there of love and God that still exists in its negative fashion. Since God is love, love is God, that's the positive aspect. Self-love, when that is used in the New Testament, it is self-God, which is kind of saying the same thing. Self is God, because love equals God. Putting that together here real quickly, when an unbeliever is using self-love to love someone else, they're really considering themselves of the three kingdoms an I-God, a Mimi gospel. This is me. I love you. I God you with a little G. The true indwelt believers are supposed to be able to say, I Christ you. I am giving his life to you. Isn't it all about really us? No. I love you because I love Christ. Flesh is ugly. It's wicked. If it's left to itself, it is incredibly destructive. But to know that the power and overwhelming life of Christ is doing what it is doing in our lives, it's just so easy to give his life away to another. So if I say, I love you as a dear friend, then that should be, I give Christ to you, dear friend. It's a form of greeting. The kiss that they used to do with each other back in those days was a seal of friendship. If you got kissed by someone after you had dinner at their house, they have communicated to you that they are going to stay with you until death parts you. A kiss is a seal that says that marriage is sealed until death parts them. The brotherly kiss is mentioned several times in the New Testament. If you get kissed by a brother, you better stand by their side until they're dead. You see, with that level of commitment that is explained in the manifestations that come with love just simply don't exist as a culture today. So what we have to look at very carefully is what does my typical style of love look like when I say to my wife, I love you? Am I really saying I lust you? Or am I really saying I have these seven things that exist that 
the New Testament uses to describe what love is, I have that with you. And I want to give Christ to you on a daily basis. So love life is the pinnacle of the Christian life. Once appropriating the aforementioned ten definitions, steps, the indwell believer begins, that's our lessons before this, the indwell believer begins to embrace the two primary commandments spoken by Jesus himself. First being, love the Lord with all of your heart, and secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, let's put the actual words in there of Christ. For God is love. Here's how it reads. Christ, as our Lord, consider him the Messiah and owner. Lord is owner. Love is God, Christ. Christ is our owner. He's our husband. He owns us. Changes the whole thing. It's not mushy-mushy, thumbs up, he has me on his Facebook posting place. No, this is hardcore. I'm looking at Jesus Christ, and I'm saying, you are my Messiah and my owner. I am nothing. Do with me as you please. Owner, husband. And then... Loving your neighbor is giving Christ to your neighbor. You're ready for the rejection. You're ready for the laughter. You're ready for the shut door. You're ready for the whatever. You're just like ready because you want them to know Christ, the Messiah. So he can be Lord over your life. It changes the way you read any verses about love after that. Do you know how many times love is mentioned in John? It's ridiculous. Just do the exercise and rewrite those verses and instead of using love, use Christ or Jesus or Abba or Daddy or Father. It will change the way you view love forever. When we have no condemnation, we have confidence toward God. We're going to be speaking of this in a couple moments. Then whatever we ask through Christ, we receive. The asking is the last thing you do after everything we've done today. That's why I want you to get on your knees before you go to bed tonight and ask, Lord, What is it that you want me to do with this investment you made today? Put me to work. And I would be interested in knowing what he asks you to do. If he's nothingness, I might ask a different question of you. I don't serve a silent Lord. He whispers sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't give the response that I want. But I don't serve a passive Lord. 
And that is critical for me. He's proactive. He's loud at times. He's soft at times. He's firm at times. He's a little, little laid back at times. But he's active. He'll answer your question. He loves questions. The questions already have answers. He doesn't have to think about them. He says, doesn't have to say, I'll get back with you in two days. Give me a jingle, Steve, on Friday. <laughs> it's usually, are you ready for this, son? You really want this? Uh-huh. And he says it. I write it down. And then sometimes he says it and I write it down. He says, speak this to nobody. I better hear that part too, right? Because it was for me. The purpose of this whole teaching, I want to drop down to the goal in discipleship. It is essential to see if those we are ministering to understand the truths of Christ's life and why their identity truly does matter. It's everything. We need to assist in focusing their desires on obeying God and giving the life of Christ away to others. So you know really what it boils down to is your entire life is for the single purpose of ministry. You see, I want to die of exhaustion. I'm okay with that. My wife knows that. My daughter knows that. They war with it. I've asked the Lord that I die preaching. I've asked him for the gift. And I won't tell you what he has said. But I will tell you I'm looking forward to it. See, I want this. I, I want to go out giving this away. While I love my wife to death, so to speak, and my family and friends and, you know, whatever, but, you know, that is not how I want to go out, having them standing around my bedside. I'd rather have them feeling convicted because I was preaching something. And then just drop over. Wow, he's gone. Someone check his wallet. See if he's got some cash. <laughs> we did a skit in Phoenix. One of the gang leaders came up and said, grab his wallet. <laughs> there I lay dead with fake blood all over me. I had someone come in and shoot me. Thanks, buddy. Okay, so here we have this pinnacle that is being spoken of in the scriptures. We have this greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with your whole heart. So to really be giving himself or giving Jesus Christ back to the Almighty Father. See, it's closing the loop. We have the indwelt Holy Spirit living inside of us. It's closing the loop. We are sealing off by accepting the engagement with Jesus Christ. 
To love him is to know him. And to know him, you have to be indwelt by him. So it can complete the cycle. So to love your neighbor as yourself, that to me that just kind of sounds, that's not wise, Lord. Because, you know, I can be pretty self-lovish. That's his point. You see, to give Christ to your neighbor, just like Christ had to do in loving me, or the Father had to do in loving me and giving Christ to me because I was so caught up in self-lust. So that's what it is. It's not about, you know, being mushy and love, love, love. You know, don't worry, grace will cover it. You know, this stuff that we do with God's love. God's love's very firm. It's unwavering. Giving him to your neighbor is pretty, pretty big gift. And then they ask this question, why are you doing this? You're so kind. And they start mentioning the fruit of the Spirit, and they don't even know they're mentioning the fruit of the Spirit. You're so kind and gentle and reasonable, and you see what's going on? You're demonstrating giving his life away. The end result is there's unity. Not to mention that the bride of Christ truly becomes equipped with how this really works. Instead of, me, me, gospel, social pose, Jesus loves me. (laughs) You're just now learning that? How old are you again? That's not exciting that Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's not exciting to me. Maybe it's because I'm a bubble boy. I don't know. I'll tell you what's exciting to me is when he shows me how to give that away. That excites me. Please show me how. Lord, I'm I'm listening right now. What do I do with this? And he tells me. Yeah, we were recently invited to start a 15-minute podcast show that's going to go from podcast, hopefully, to broadcast. And and Christian Broadcast Network has invited me in. If you remember a couple years ago when they put the initial invite out, it's still live. They want to take this 15-minute show and they want to get it out to their network. You know, this appeal for this new studio microphone that we get, its I'm going to have to have it one way or another, whether I save pennies to get it, but I'm going to have to get it because it's the level of quality that their studio has to have. And so that's the thing I brought before the Lord. He says, we shall do this. So I'm like, done. What do we got to do? Okay, we need a microphone. I contact my sweet water guy. He says, here's what you're going to need. This, the quality that we, you know, and it's all in motion. All from my passion of, I know we got to love on him, Lord. I know we got to love disease. But you know what? What are we going to do to get her done? I need those ideas. I need to write them down so I know who to call, how to get it done. That's love to me. 
When love stays in someone's backyard, it goes stale so fast. We need to like get beyond our backyard and give it away. I love it. Now the way my wife gives away love, you know, I, I sit back and I go, wow. But that's her as a vessel. And now I like kicking Satan around like he's a ball to be kicked around. Jane oftentimes like, man, it's just cold. That's hard. And I'm like, yeah. Uh-huh. You're, you're going to be different. And how you would give love, Christ, away to someone. You'll be different. You put us all together, we got something that I think, think he calls his own body. And you think about that. He's just a head. I don't know how he does it up there in heaven. He's floating around, went for his body. <laughs> He's the head and more of the body. And it says specifically from Revelation all the way back to Genesis, we're the body. Every finger is a little different. Every foot, every ankle, every wrist is different. That's where we need to grace people. Oh, you're a foot. Oh, you're an ugly toenail. Okay. Yeah, but it protects my toe. Yeah, but it's ugly. That's the stuff we get into. We, we just fight about hangnails. Instead of saying, now how can we work together? I am compelled with this network. I'm compelled. Every day I get up, my Moments of running into the tomb to have a pity party are getting shorter and shorter and shorter because I just don't have time to feel sorry for myself. There's too much to do. And so I'm begging and pleading and appropriating, whatever that word means, the orders from the living God because I love him to death. I got him to death. So now when we look at the tree of life and all the fruit that's on it, and God spends so much of our working out of our salvation to heal up the root system, it becomes pretty significant. The pruning and the this and the that and whatever. It, now you got this fruit, so you just kind of drive by there every day and go, look at that awesome fruit on that apple tree. Isn't that a bit pointless? Versus taking the fruit off of the tree and sending it to people who need food. Well, that puts a different twist of the tree. The whole process you are going through from beginning to end is for the purpose of fruit. So you can give it away. It isn't to make you happy or feel loved and accepted and forgiven. Like, that's just old. That's boring stuff. It's just boring. By now you should know 
I'm loved by God because he gave me God. He gave me Christ. Christ lives in me. The Holy Spirit is active and moving, so that's out of the way. Love accepted. Well, he said to me in Ephesians, you know, quite clear that we are accepted in the beloved in Christ Jesus. So that's out of the way. And we're forgiven. That should be out of the way. Oh, what are we supposed to do now? How many times do you get up and ask, what am I supposed to do today? See, faith without works is death. The tree's going to die. It needs both. I happen to be the type that steps up and says, I want to rest, abide and run today, Lord. I know. But we need to walk. He never really fixes my flesh. He uses it. He's so kind when he does it. I don't ever remember being yelled at by the Lord. I've never never heard this, I'm going to kick your ass thing. I've I've never heard that from Christ. Have you? Why refer to my husband as abusive? That's just not right. He's kind. He's gentle. And he, he does get strong. He does say strong things that I don't particularly care for. But it is all a part of what love is. Who he is. He's kind. He's gentle. He's, you know, and you go down the list. Here's what love finally equals. Love equals obedience. Now that little truth spot that we showed you in the forgiveness stuff, that's what this is. Immediate obedience. You don't need to pray about it. Why pray about something he's already revealed the answer to you about? You're accusing God of being an idiot. Just do it. Obedience. You read it. You saw it. You heard it in your mind. Do it. Why are you having to go study Jesus again? There's no earthly logic in that. It's like telling a child to brush their teeth every single night. For God only knows how many years. Who's who's really got the problem here? Put something together to train and equip the child to brush their teeth so it becomes life to them. That's how Jesus does it with us. So obey, no condemnation, confidence toward God, and whatever you ask, you're going to receive. We do, we switch it around, move it up a little bit, and go ask and receive, have confidence toward God, stab it and slap it, then no condemnation, and you get the goods. There you go, that's how the world does it. And we're being taught here in the in First John that obey to get no condemnation. Once you have no condemnation, you got your confidence. You see, when you're losing your confidence in anything, that means you're either doing self-condemnation or believing the condemnation of an outsider. That's what it means. So this is critical. 
you can laugh or blow this diagram off, but I'll tell you, this, this one here is the practical one God has used with me for many, many, many years. Just do it now. Now. You see, it's instant. Say it now. So if the sovereign God knows someone sitting in the audience and they are waiting for one line, as someone said to me, walking up to me earlier, there's one thing you said today that has impacted me. You see, you're, you have heard thousands of words today, but there's only one or two lines you're taking away with you. That will produce a transformation point. The rest is going on a bookshelf, honestly. And that's okay. So you see, whatever that one point is, it's like the Holy Spirit has got that mind out there sitting in India and they're listening to this podcast and they're sitting there at that table and they're waiting for that one single line that is going to transform them. And all of a sudden over here on my end, for whatever reason, I'm not going to be immediately obedient to the Holy Spirit and I don't say it. I stole from the living God the prerogative and right, and I stole from that person the blessing they were supposed to receive by saying they are free in Jesus and the true love of Jesus is his life. Take that woman and get off of that chair and walk out in victory now. You see, the Holy Spirit times this stuff all over the world. I get to see the privilege because of the podcast. So if it wasn't immediate obedience, they're not going to get it. So power preaching becomes obedient preaching. That's all it is. I don't go away from my message beating myself up. It's been a very long time since I've been doing that. I go away going... Satan got his butt kicked. That's who got kicked. By the truth. And I want more of the, the casting of visions of seeing who God's ministering out there if he would give that prerogative to me occasionally to know there's someone suffering. It's paralyzed and can't move because they're waiting for the one thing to set him free. That takes this. Lord, I want that lady set free now. It's not ordering them around. I'm saying I'm with you now. Is this, is this it? Now it'll be another two years for... Which I'm not saying that to you, young lady. I'm just saying it could be. It's God's will. It's aligning yourself in obedience to God's will and letting it go and doing your part in what he's asked you to do. So loving others is this giving thing, but it's all in the giving and directing them back to God. Giving back and forth. Of course, we did the forgiveness thing or whatever. And the obedience is unto God. You actually do enjoy each other as friends. 
or as a marriage or whatever the case may be. And the ultimate purpose is being fulfilled, and that is you are obeying by demonstrating and releasing the life of Christ in you to this person. And it will develop a very long-term relationship. Here's our bottom line is love life, as we've been saying, is the pinnacle of the indwelling life. Once appropriating the identity matters principles, the indwelled believer begins to embrace the two primary commands spoken by Christ himself. That's to love the Lord with your whole heart, and secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. Meaning, give Christ to your neighbor, give Christ back to his Father. He owns him. And that is done by unifying with brothers and sisters in this whole giving life away. So the result is when we obey, we have no condemnation. When we have no condemnation, we have confidence toward God, not ourselves. Then whatever we ask through Christ is going to be Christ's will because it's really Christ asking it through you. Is that not a twist? I'm joining with an existing work that he already has a desire to do. But sometimes it just takes some Christian who's proactive and willing to hear the Lord and to make a proclamation as a leader because that person might be sitting there in that chair that is paralyzed emotionally for whatever reason and they can't move and they happen to be listening to a podcast or a guy that actually is waiting for that line to set them free, and they just got set free. To me, this is just far richer than Jesus loves me, this I know. The Bible tells me so. Really? How are you giving him away? Peter, go feed my sheep. Blah, blah, blah. Go feed my sheep. Don't talk to me about love. They set him up for it. Just go feed my sheep. Just go get her done. No, Peter found more loyalty in standing by Jesus' side than giving Jesus away. Bummer, Peter. You missed it. Critical stuff, guys. Now here's my challenge to our listeners. There's probably going to be one more message that's going to be done through our podcast in a studio setting that's going to follow this message. And in that 15-minute podcast, there's going to be some very, very distinct, organized things you need to do immediately. And as a part of that process, the testing of someone who is being trained and equipped in anything is what you have openly accepted in the world of education as exams. You don't even think twice about taking your exam to get your driver's license. You don't even think twice of taking an exam to get a degree. But you hesitate when it comes to getting an exam in the most important things in life. These truths. So I have already established a system 
It's in place, it's in its beta form, that I can get you going, going back to the very first message and massaging these truths into your life in a very deep, rich, meaningful way, step by step. You could take two hours a week or 20 hours a week. It's up to you. Matters not to me because I have learned through training people, the more you push them, the more rebellious they are. So I would like to have you listen to that final little 15-minute podcast, get the practical suggestions so that you know that we are available to equip you as bridal members of Jesus Christ to get his life, his love, out to a hurting world, touching more people like that young lady paralyzed to that chair because something in her emotions has damaged her. Who's free tonight? This I know. How can you have a life like that? It has everything to do with hearing the Lord from within and saying, yes, sir. Yes, Abba. It's done. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.